This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. With that, JT. Ha, ha ye, oh, yeehaw. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeehaw. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the SC Report. It is the Round 19 Preview. It's when in here. I'm joined by JT. How are you going? You had a much better weekend. I did. I hit a 13-17 and still slid down the rankings. Incredible. Like in pretty good company in the 5,000s though. So everyone else around me, absolutely well done. We're going to fight this one, but... You know, I won the round in our little battle here, so it's the small wins, mm. and as you know, I am a head-to-head player, mm. and always have been, so yeah, good to get the, the win there. There's one question I do want to ask you, JT. Yep. Did you dress yourself in the dark today? Hey, what are you talking about? I don't know. What's wrong with it's, that? It's freezing it's a, cold in Brisbane. It's a weird though. combination. You've got like a an olive green jumper on with an olive green it's shirt. It's black, mate. Are you all right? <laughs> You only wear jumpers because you don't like to iron your shirt as well. as you can see. Look at that solid. But you can tell by the collar. And that's what I have and that's what I always get tripped up And Richie Benno would be a fan of those pants. Hey, they get some good wear out of these bad boys. A couple of sore stains there. It's been a rough week, but all good. Enough about what I'm wearing. Anyway, let's get into Supercoach. Let's get into it. We on too much. Around the grounds, mate. Uh, You've given a brief running of how you've gone. So you cracked the 1300 mark in the weekend. Where are you ranked? Uh, let's not talk about where I'm ranked in, as we said, the 5,000th and slipping. But, you know, it's a long road home. But as a head-to-head player, I don't really look at those sort of things. So when did you turn into a head-to-head player about a week ago? I don't know what the the confusion is, mate. This, this game is just purely... I love all the leagues that I'm in. I love uh, the matchups there. So overall, is is just a number, mate. So I'm sitting uh, just outside the 1,000 after a 1,281. Somehow um, knocked me back a couple of hundred spots. Oh, it was it. just, it was a massive weekend, and there was some huge scores, particularly in the Young Legends League. And there's about half a dozen of them now sitting in the top 500. So a shout out to all of those guys. Um, stake bets. There's a few floating around. JT, what? Where are we sitting with them? Yeah, this is the one thing. Well, the one that you agreed to that I didn't between our podcast and the other Wednesday night one with Wilf and Bear. 
Bear Supercoach champs. Um, we clawed our, our way back a little bit. So Bear slipped up, had a rough week with the 1240, uh, which means that they're currently sitting on 40,632. And we are around 600-odd behind them on 39.982. So we just need to average around about a casual 100 points more than them each week. And that's doable, especially if, like, Will falls asleep and forgets to set his reserves or something, as he's known to do. Sabotage is what you're saying. Mm, Sabotage. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's... We can pretty much wave the white flag unless something drastic happens, like my Captain Morgan to finish the season off or something like you've that. You've got to, you've got to get rid of him. <laughs> He's staying for the long haul, mate. Well, I'm ha- I'm happy um, not to wave the white flag yet because I reckon that one of those boys is running pretty low in trades and they could be falling in a heap soon. So isn't everyone running low in trades? Doesn't matter, mate. Doesn't matter. Uh, you overall players in your in your trades, unreal. Uh, speaking of stake bets, though, I thought, given this is the one thing that's going to give me joy this year, is um, cleaning up all the stakes that you've thrown at me. So I guess we'll rattle them off. Uh, earlier in the year, Hodgson v. Cook. Um, I hey, told just, you Hodgson just before we Just it. before we move on to that, just like to highlight something here. Mm. I've just quickly gone to do some numbers. If I hadn't made that stupid decision in replacing Kirk with you at the start of the year with the podcast... There'd only be a hundred point difference now between ourselves and the win that the other Wednesday podcast. Well, too bad. It'd Nick. really be neck Maybe and neck. You should have agreed to this beforehand. Instead, I've got we'll sucked into a head head to head player. <laughs> Mate, you never <laughs> who's, go. Who's still chased, carrying Michael Morgan in their side? You chased last week's points when I killed it in twenty season twenty eighteen. You, you just got too starry eyed and brought me in too early. All right. Quickly with the no stake bets, mate. Let's get into it. Hodgson versus Cook. I killed you in that one. Thank you for that one, Josh Hodgson. Uh, Sergis v. Crichton, one of our ones from a mid-year pod. Neither of us really know when we did it or, or how that's going. We haven't looked, so who knows. Joe Tarpanay. Uh, so when you brought him in for that big round 12 bye week and he absolutely destroyed your team, uh, we you claimed he would average more than 52.5, currently sitting at a casual 42 which isn't horrible given how many 30s he's racked up, but I don't know, I'm pretty close to calling that one. Uh, And then we got this one that I somehow agreed to, I think at 2am via text, um, who would finish the season after round 16 with more points, and you currently got me there by a small 137, but you know, that's, that's one week in this game. And then speaking of bets that I've been successful at, our beer bet, our first inaugural beer bet, thanks to the Sporting Woods podcast for the idea, Anthony Milford last week absolutely flopped big time. Oh, HIA. HIA, he was on five points after 30 minutes. Yeah, but he was also, yep, yep, without the HIA, he definitely beats the uh, the 50. So if you were a gentleman, you would say that was void, but you're not. So I'm ready to roll it into this weekend. Taking what I can get. All right, so ahead on the podcast tonight, we're going to um, quickly run through the team news, some late mail, and then we're going to get jump straight into the meat of it with the two-minute drill. Uh, and then we're going to add a new segment to it, which is called Start Them or Sit Them. So with people running out of trades now, we're going to be focusing on who should be you should be starting and who should, you should, should be sitting based on the opposition they're coming up against the weekend. Really important because teams have, well, teams are looking starting to look pretty similar Mm-hmm. And I complete, and those reserve spots, as we saw with somebody like a Katoni Staggs last week, they're critical. Um, so we're going to run through that and give you some idea of who we think are probably some of the better um, starting players and the ones that might be 
worthwhile just keeping on your bench. And we're going to finish off with some Twitter questions. This is the news. So we had a huge Teamless Tuesday last week. It's fair to say that this one hasn't quite lived up to that, but there's still been a couple of changes of note. Uh, the big ticket ones here is that Cacao and also Fafita are out suspended. Um, Cacao, amazingly, uh, found guilty last night or failed that he's uh, to get off. So he's out for two weeks, whereas Fafita is missing one. The other news is Widop is back. He hasn't played since round three, so that's fantastic for the Dragons who are really struggling at the moment. Uh, Matchelet returns, and this sees uh, TPJ return to lock. So it'll be very interesting to see how uh, TPJ goes there. He's been killing it on the edge. Ryan Madison also um, slid. <laughs> Ryan Madison moves to the number 13 starting lock position and he is replaced in the starting second row spot by Luke Garner. Good to see Garner back. Has this just turned into like a David Attenborough documentary <laughs> or something? <laughs> My North Queensland twang ain't coming through too good on this year, Mike. Kenny Mamalo and uh, Cameron Munster are back. Shout out North Queensland. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> Jesus, back on track. Speaking about the boys, Matt Moylan, he's out with a hamstring this injury. Oh, my boy. He has been a fantastic trade-in for you. Um, Ferguson, Morgan, and Sam Burgess um, are all still out with uh, injury complications there. Um, Burgess and and Ferguson are likely back next week, but I don't know, Morgan, for me, he might not play again this season. He was back on the training paddock, non-contact vest uh, this week. So, as we saw with like Kiri, with um, you had your birds, Maddo little last... birds out there. Yeah, Maddo, it was Wacko. Thanks, Wacko. Uh, Madison last year. Um, some of these things are just so up in the air that you don't know. But I mean, good signs that he's back out there. But again, week to week for me, because I have him, happy to sit him there and then play him on matchups is a very, very big pod in the run home. What about late mail? Uh, the only thing we've really seen come to light the last uh, day has been a bit of doubt around both Cody Nikarima and Jazz Tavanga. So of the two there, Tavanga is obviously the more super coach relevant at this stage, but he has been carrying a few ankle niggles. Um, he's been getting through a lot of work, mm. so difficult to ask him to keep that up. Um, but yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out for the game over the weekend. So you're obviously not an owner anymore. No, so. and that was one of the reasons why I did trade, just because of the, the angle, and it has seemed to have caused some issues at training this week. So he is in some doubt. Um, make sure you're paying attention to Stiles' late mail, which should arrive on Friday. So, I mean, the game is Saturday 3pm, but you'll see the first team cull at Friday 3pm. So just one game into the round. All right, the two-minute drill, JT. This time we're actually going to stick to two minutes per question. We've been going a little bit overboard in the past couple of weeks. Doesn't sound like that. Well, it's true. Just no klaxon or siren or whatever the hell it was. That dropped our listeners by half. So Can here's all the that? yeah. Promise that? I promise that. So here's all the big talking points of the week. We've got a few to rattle off here uh, before we jump into a short ad break and then finish off with the rest of the podcast. So two minute drill. Let's start with it. Fafita, Kakao, both suspended. Are they cells? Okay, Fafita. Firstly, I don't think so at all. Uh, he's he's too good a player. He's got too high a ceiling, and he's only missing a week. And if you look back, how many weeks has he actually sat on that bloody sideline? How many weeks has he been suspended? The coach would have absolutely laid into him after what he did over the weekend, that late shot he put on. Absolutely grubby. He's going to come back, hopefully fired up. He's got the ceiling that you're going to want in the run home. So 
would not be selling him for that one week suspension. Kick out a completely different story. If you don't have a week to week player that you're going to play uh, that you can sub in for him right now, uh, absolutely, I would 100% agree with you to get rid of him. He's, he's had a couple of quiet last couple of weeks. Uh, two weeks is a long time in the run home. So if that's a lot of cash sitting on your bench, if you don't have someone to replace him of that caliber, get rid of him. If you've got the trades as well, a lot of question marks. Don't disagree with any of the points there. However, right now I'm saying no, uh, and that's based on people having been quite short of trades. Fafita is only out for one week. He's a top second to three front row forward, so um, he'll be back firing. The Sharks are struggling at the moment. They need him desperately. Um, so I can see him finishing off the season quite strongly. Kakao, on the other hand, he misses the Bulldogs game because he's going to be out for two weeks. And that was the game that I had penciled in as the one for him to go large and also the Titans one, which uh, unfortunately he spent 30 minutes of the game on the toilet. <laughs> His only real, really decent matchup um, then from the run home is the Roosters. They average close to 60 points per game to left side, second row forwards. Apart from that, it's it's pretty Pretty challenging. So nothing really stands out. And if we're looking at a match-to-match basis, I'm probably sitting cacao in a lot of those. Um, if I had the trades, then I'd definitely be trading cacao. I still might um, this week. Um, just depends how I go with my uh, center wings. All right, next one. With a re- with a five-round average of 80, is it worth selling RTS to Teddy Turbo? I'll talk from a uh, Turbo perspective. You can talk from Teddy because I don't own Turbo. So personally for me, I've... I've Uh, Just like to pause uh, proceedings. Uh, Can you please repeat for the audience? (laughs) I'm not alone in that regard, mate. The guy's 800K. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I do not own Thomas Trebojevic, and it hasn't stung me too badly just yet. So anyway, for this one here, whether RTS is worth selling right now to Teddy or Turbo. So... As a RTS-Teddy combination runner here, I'm holding one more week, and that's because RTS um, match up against the Eels in the daytime at Bankwest Stadium. I can see a lot of points in that one there. And RTS, as you said, a five-round average of 80. He's, he's not going uh, that poorly compared to the other two. So at this stage for me, he's a hold. Um, Turbo's moving the other way, so his, his break-even is 130-odd. He's against the Storm in Melbourne, which is a very tough matchup as we've even seen for Teddy this year. So as of right now, happy to hold. Anything can happen in a week as well. So I don't feel the need to rush out and burn a trade on bringing Tommy Turbo in. That's next week's plan. Uh, So for me, given I own RTS and Teddy, they're both doing quite well. Um, Turbo's a a weight for me. Uh, So for me, if I'm looking after Tedesco here, yes, Teddy faces the Bulldogs and Titans over the next two weeks. He could turn up in both of those games. RTS faces over the, the remi- remaining games to come. Um, Parramatta, Canberra, Manly, Sydney, the Sharks, South and Canberra. So if we're looking at the points against for those, Raiders have averaged 46 points against, and this is for fullbacks. Manly, 47. Roosters, 53. Sharks, an amazing 39. And then South, 47. So there's only one side there that's averaging or conceding more than 50 points per game to fullbacks. So they're all, it's a quite a challenging opposition for fullbacks for the run home. Um, games in which RTS has gone over 80 this year, Bulldogs, Titans twice, Souths, Dragons, Broncos, and the Sharks. So he does face Souths and Sharks, but the rest of that is pretty easy going compared to what he has for the run home. So I can see him really starting to slip now. Uh, and if I can get Teddy into my side after what he's done after that break, bam, make the move. Okay, the next one. What's going on with Gerbo? 
Yeah, he's uh, gotten a, a few early showers the last month or so. So Manly's games have sort of been in the bag. 70-minute mark, they've just taken Gerbo off. Um, have a set, have a rest, son. He's, he's gone through a gruelling origin period. Come out the other end, he's got no injury troubles by the looks. Everything looks fine there. So I reckon it's just a combination of a bit of weariness coming out of that origin period. The fact that he's only been playing 70 minutes on occasion. Um, still getting through a ton of work through the middle. I think one thing that's missing compared to last year is some attacking stats. So Gerbo last year was putting on tries um, at, at various stages throughout the year, and I think he's gone one maybe this year, one or two. So in the absence of that, he's always going to be sitting around that sort of 60-point mark. But I think we all know that the upside that he's got. And if you look at the way he finished the season last year, so he had scores of um, coming out of origin, he had a uh, base of... of in the 60s, so I think he hit one game in round 19 below 60 points in base. So that's huge coming out of origin as he did this year as well. So for me, I don't see any reason to sell him. He's, he hasn't been in great, but very tough to keep it up over the season. I reckon the back end is when they'll really shine. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be selling him. Um, minutes have been way down, like we have said. I mean, this is has to have coincided with origin commitment. So rather than Dez resting him completely, he's playing him but giving him reduced minutes. It'll be really interesting to see what happens against the Storm this weekend because they're we know how difficult a matchup that is going to be, and and you would think that they would want Trevojevic out on the field for the whole eighty minutes if possible. Um, he's just that good, and we saw how how well he performed at that top level in Origin as well. Um, what's been concerning for me is his points per minute been down. Mm. It's just been it's been a little bit unusual. Two of the games were at um, 0.6, and then or one of the games was at 0.6, the other game was at 0.7. So um, with all that said and done, he's exceptional value right now at 500K. So as a non-owner, um, he's one that I'm definitely looking at for maybe next week, um, depending if I get Clemmer, um, which we'll come on to a little bit earlier on. The run home for the Sea Eagles is not easy as well. So they play the Storm twice, the Raiders, and the Eels at Bankwest in the final round. Mm. But he's less of an attacking sort of player, so yeah, that is. But they're not conceding much points to um, to forwards at all, particularly the Storm and the Raiders. Mm. Okay. Um, so, but I think yeah, it, you can't sleep in him at that that kind of price. But if you're a non-owner, look. If you're an owner, definitely don't trade. Yep. Is David Clemmer a must, and at what cost? Jeez, I almost have him up there as a must. I remember back one of the very early pods that we did during the year, someone sent in a question saying, is is Clemmer now a genuine supercoach gun? And at the time we said, well, he hasn't shown this before, um, could just be the new club thing. But he's carried this form right the way through the season. So he's been one of the more consistent uh, second row, uh, front row jewels in, in the competition. So... I think a lot of us now are carrying the likes of Marty Tapao, maybe Fanua Blake as well, who are a bit up and down. Their minutes are never guaranteed, so you don't know what you're going to get with them. One of them will go ballistic, the other won't. It's just a lottery sometimes, whereas Clemmer is just genuinely gets his work done, um, plays 65 minutes when it's not around origin period, as we've seen. So we got 70 last week. And I think that's close to what you're going to see from him for the, from the rest of the year. And the Knights need him. He's, he's the forward leader there. Um, he's not going to take a backward step. He had the offload going last week as well. He looked great. Um, so as a, as a non-owner, it was tough to watch. And I think if you've got someone in there that you're juggling a week-to-week proposition, do I play him, do I not? Clemmer is some guy you'll stick in there and forget. So if you, if you have a guy that you can move to them, he's, he's priced pretty reasonably, I would probably pull the trigger. 
So excluding the games around Origin where he played reduced minutes, he's averaged close to 70 points per game. So he's obviously a keeper for your front row um, four position and arguably the second row as well. But the likes of Haas, J, even JFH now for Fita, uh, and you mentioned Tapao as well, uh, they're all within 10 points um, per game of him. So for me, he's only really a trade-in um, if he's going to be locked into your 17 every single week. If he's kind of a luxury guy that you, you, you don't really know, or if you need to strengthen the other positions more. So what I mean by that is if you don't have a, a, um, a Teddy-Turbo combo, if you don't have a Mao and a Bateman combo, if you don't have a Ponga and Cook uh, running at uh, fire five eight or at hooker, um, those guys are more a priority that I'd say than Clemmer. Yeah, that's fair. Is JFH back and is he a front row forward keeper? Yeah, same. So he's sort of uh, fallen to the wayside a bit with the emergence of Jazz Tavanga as being that base point beast. But the last few weeks he's been back and still getting like he's moved from lock where he was absolutely tearing it up to prop. And initially on that move, he dropped back a little um, in his output. His minutes dropped slightly as well, but only to like the 70 mark. So he's still getting through an absolute ton of work. And in the last few weeks, it's actually been going up. So if you look at his, his base stat results for, the, I think, the last three rounds, they're all on the climb again. So I think if you were lucky enough to buy him and hold him through the origin period, through that little slump that he had, um, you come out on the other side and I, I can see him on the run home being pretty valuable option. I'd have Clemmer above him at this stage. But, uh, yeah, from what he's shown the last three weeks, I'd 100% if you owned him, stick with him. But, again, it's a, it's a luxury sort of trade at this stage of the year if you don't. Um, yeah, I think that I have Clemmer above him, as you've said. Um, but I think he is. I think he is definitely a front row forward keeper, particularly ahead of the likes of a, a Tapao. He average, uh, averages over 70 when playing in the middle. He's played there 12 games there th- this season. And you know what? He's playing at prop again this year. Amazingly, he's playing upwards, as you said, of 70 minutes mm. per game at prop. And he's been doing that since round 13. He's just a loose cannon. So, you know, as soon as he does get shifted to the edge, then that's an issue. Um, uh, but, yeah, he, I mean, as long as he's playing in the middle and playing those minutes, he's a base machine. So, um but if you have to pick between the two, you're probably going to climb. Hmm. All right. Well, I reckon that's it for the two-minute drill. Um, let's just take a short break, and then we're going to get back with start them or. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sit them. So for those of you who read the team's analysis yesterday or today, you would have seen an additional feature within there that was around matchup previews or players potentially most advantage or disadvantage based on the opposition that they're coming up against this weekend. 
So what we thought we would do is just start to add this to a uh, as a new segment to the podcast uh, because as we did uh, state at the start, picking the right reserves and the right 17 is becoming so important now. Less important are the trades because we should all have complete trade um, team with um, you know next to no trades remaining. So it's really the difference is going to be how you can really start to to climb points uh, or climb up the rankings going forward is getting the seventeen right and making sure that your non playing reserves don't resemble what Daniel Lakes did last <laughs> weekend, which is an average of ninety or something like that. So let's start with. Uh, um, the players who we think should definitely be included in your 17 this weekend. Um, so the Sharks play your boys, the Cowboys. Um, is that on? Is that Thursday? It's tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Thursday yeah. night. Tomorrow. So, so what I did note there is that the the right edge of the Sharks looks like it could be at a real advantage tomorrow night coming up against the left edge of the Cowboys. So players that I'm looking at there is Nakora and SJ uh, as probably definite starts. Mm. And although I did say that Bronson Sherry, uh, because he normally lines up on the other side, uh, would be probably a player that you might not include in your 17. However, uh, what are the regulars on the site? Dravid, uh, a massive Sharks fan, did say today that there is a chance that Sherry could be switching sides. So if he did that, then obviously he's a play as well. So before we move off the Sharks, Cowboys, as a Cowboys fan, uh, Justin, do you have any insight? So there, I was hoping that earlier this today, actually, that some rumours around Jarvid Bowen, the defensive liability that he is, may not have travelled with the side. But looking at the latest team out, uh, Gideon Gallimosby has been cut from the extended squad. So I think that basically shores up Bowen to continue being an absolute turnstile out there. So he's parked on our left edge, which means he's up against Bronson Sherry as it stands. Uh, sorry, uh, Nakora and SJ. As it stands. So if you have either of them, absolutely run the gauntlet tomorrow night. You'll probably end up with a 500 after the first game. So and, and both are potentially VC options too, right? Oh, for sure. And you'd throw it on the likes of Nakora, given what he did last week mm. uh, with that try. God, hopefully, um, hopefully Sherry... Uh shifts across yeah but I mean if Sherry's playing uh, where he usually lines up he'll be running against the combination of Felt Opachik and Shane Wright who have been far better in defense um, over the last month or so than the other other side so I think so they can probably keep him pretty quiet yeah, I mean, Shane Wright's tackle efficiency is at 97-odd percent. Um, Opachik's missed less than one tackle a game the last sort of eight rounds. So as a combination, they're starting to gel. They've had a few games together now, um, and all the attacks going down the other side because the likes of Cohen Hess and, and Jarvid Bowen cannot make a tackle to save themselves. So absolutely tomorrow night, Nikora and SJ play them. Okay. I owned neither, so that's how good I'm going. So the Knights versus the Tigers, just two players there that um, I did highlight as um, probably having favourable matchups based on positions to advantage versus the Tigers um, is Mitchell Pearce and Kurt Mann. So if you do own either of them, it might be, and Kurt Mann uh, in particular is one that could be a sneaky pot option uh, to play. And you laughed at me for still owning Michael Morgan. So if you're someone that owns Kurt Mann and is going to possibly play him on a matchup this week, what are you doing? I don't own him. Righto, but yeah, I agree. So Mitch Pierce has People had a said the a... same thing about Tony Staggs last week. <laughs> I do vividly remember our Broken conversation. Broken clock is right at least twice a day. So I don't know. <laughs> I, Mitchell Pierce has been in a little bit of a super coach slump since oh, he, he's Stinkier. finally come 
he's finally come back to uh, to the origin fold successfully. So had a very rough trot against his old side last week. So whether that fires him up in the run home now and, and shakes him out of this little slump. But we saw last week that the ball just seemed to shift to Ponga's edge. Um, all the attacking, successful attacking moves moved through his hands. So as, Pierce, it, sh- as it should. Yeah, as it should. But Pierce was taking the line on a little bit as well rather than um, setting up anything creatively, which, I mean, is good signs if you uh, want to play him against weaker defensive sides in the run home. So, I mean, if you're a Mitchell Pierce owner, you're not sitting him against the Tigers. So, yeah, absolutely play him this week. But, Kurt, man, surely you got someone better than that. Pot option, mate. Righto. So the next three matchups we're going to run through really, really quickly here. We've got the Broncos versus the Titans, Roosters versus Bulldogs, Rabbits versus Dragons. Overall message is if you own a Bronco, a Rooster, or a Rabbit, you're playing them. Everyone except Anthony Milford. He's a spud. Uh, how about you, Ed? Jesus, PG rating on this podcast, <laughs> mate. Uh, genuinely, though, like I, the Broncos just flop it every time they're playing one of these sides, right? They lost to the Titans at Suncorp this they're year. They're back, mate. This is the Gold Coast Titans. Look what they did to the Bulldogs last week. It was like boys versus men. Yeah, it's like a penalty Broncos, though, please. <laughs> um, Anthony Milford did nothing to help that, though. And I genuinely uh, feel like he's better at fullback. I get all that stuff, like... Fair enough, but still, he hasn't gone as crazily good. He's got forty points in one half of football, so very fortuitous. Fortuitous um, try. The only thing there is that Pangai Junior is playing lock, so um, that's going to be interesting, I think, because all of his Mm. strong performances over the past three weeks have been from the edge. Yep. Um, However, so he should. He's probably going to see reduced minutes. Um, However. just the form he's been in, like I think that um, there's a chance that he could just carry that through to playing in the middle. So let's just see. If you own him, don't sit him just on that that basis. Definitely just give him a crack at lock and to see how it goes. Um, and no one's sitting Stags this week, are they? Any owners that own Stags and saw the 100 points on their bench, they're playing him this week. He's playing. He's, he's my second row and he's still playing this yep. week. Um, the Eels at Bankwest. You've just got to start them. You look at Moses. He averages over 80 there. Gutherson is averaging close to 60, over 65. And even uh, uh, Mike Sivo is averaging close to 60 there as well. So if you own any of those guys, definite starts. Oh, gee, Sivo's been a very rough hold the last few weeks. I've played him every single week. I've owned him and he... Scored 56 last week. He did. He just fell over the line with about 10, 15 minutes to go to salvage a decent score. And and same with Gutho. He he was trying. He tries his heart out every single game, but still the Eels are falling away big time. I can just see it. I'm unfortunate for their fans. They're a great fan group, but I just can see another Eels fade out here. And I reckon it starts this week with... A very dud score by Mitchell Moses. Let's see. You talked it up, and we introduced the beer bets last week. You've already paid out to me this lovely. Uh, oh, Welders another beer bet, do we? Well, we're speaking about beer. We are both enjoying a nice or a lovely uh, Wilder's dog right now as well. It's going down very well, the old wheat ale. So I think another six pack of these on the line this week. So I reckon Mitch Moses under fifty five. Done. Easy. Yeah, you're just imaginary shape. Dud bets. <laughs> Throwing these dud bets out. But no, I reckon genuinely Mitch Moses has been up far too long. And no statistics, none of that there, just the general feeling is that the roller coaster is going to return. They were they were horrible. They were horrible um, at Brookfell last weekend. And he still managed to score close to 60 points. Yeah, I mean he runs the ball and he breaks tackles and all this stuff, but I don't know. I can just see a, a you know, passes over the sideline, kicks out on the full. We know Moses can do it. This is going to happen this week. So the final one uh, before we move into the sits is Toa. 
Um, so right-hand wingers have been performing really well, actually quite well against the Raiders' left edge. Um, the Raiders have been really good defensively this year um, and not conceding too many super coach points all round, but that just seems to be a position that they've been um, getting scored on. So um, David Nofaluma last week yep. um, produced about 70, I think 70 points. Could have had or, more as well. Or close like, to running down that side. Yeah, so um, so I um, yeah, I think that you've got to start probably to all this week as well. Yeah, he's been too good to sit. I don't own him. Um, but his base is great. Like the Panthers are in a, a very, very big purple patch at the moment. Ball seems to be finding him. So absolutely playing. All right. Who are we sitting this week, JT? Well, I guess the first one, we, we mentioned him in the run uh, in the news there, but Gerbo. Um, so what do you reckon? So you've got him down as a sit here. I'm, I'm playing him. Yeah, I reckon if I've got Gerbo, I'm sitting him this week. So he's, he's against the Storm, who are a bit more defensively miserly than, than some of the teams he's been coming up against recently. But I reckon this is where he and the rest of the pack start to kickstart their run home. So... Uh, we know what Gerbo can do. We mentioned his attacking stats have been down a little bit, but and uh, yeah, you can't see that moving anywhere against the Storm. But as my team currently stands, I'm more than happy to take a 60-plus um, from Gerbo. Yeah, you got, you got the Storm that they're up against, though, and that's they've just killed everybody this year. So if you have a look at their points conceded each position, they're basically second or last or third against effectively every position there. So they've just been a nightmare. They've been like that consistently uh, every single year. So just pulling up at one. So you've spoken about Gerbo. I'm going to talk about his brother. Mm. Now, surely not. This is the unpopular opinion was still here. My unpopular opinion of the week is that Tom Trevojevic is a sit. Mm. Is this like reverse psychology here and you're going to actually captain him? No. He's going to clear his 130 break even. No. So let's just let me just read out the stats, okay? So the Storm have conceded just 39 points per game for fullbacks this year. Tedesco's played the Storm twice for a score of 52 and 47. Jake, uh, Tom Trevojevic produced scores of 69 and 27 against the Storm last year. So I know it's impossible to sit turbo after what we're seeing. But, I mean, at Melbourne, against the Storm, what they're doing to stop people from scoring, I've just got a feeling he's going to have a down week. Am I going to sit him? Probably not, (laughs) but definitely not a captaincy option. And if you don't have him in your side yet with that high break even, I'm definitely waiting. So hard to bring in a guy that's like 800K. But if you've got someone 800K, you're definitely not sitting him. But you never know, like these sort of stats were made to be broken. Um, Teddy obviously couldn't against the Storm, but Turbo's in a bit of a rich vein of form. Although, um, as a non-owner, I did look on with interest at all of like the twinges and the grimaces on his face when he gets up after groggily after a tackle. He's not 100%. So as a non-owner, I sit back and sort of watch this um with a bit of interest there like we know what he's done in the back end i think it was 16 or 17 remember he couldn't actually stand on one leg and he was still just carving up so i know it means nothing for him but again just clouds there all right let's move on to the raiders versus the panthers which is actually the last game but this is one of the more controversial sits of the weekend nathan cleary so there's a couple of aspects here as to why I think he's a sit. The first is that the Raiders have conceded just 40 points per game to halfbacks all year. However, what I found really, really interesting looking back in the stats is that Cleary has averaged just 47 points per game at home versus 74 points per game away this year. 
Mm. I mean, they've had a lot of poor losses at home. Um, he's been close to breaking through in those sort of games, but just sort of held back enough where he kicks goals and makes tackles to get like 30s or 40s. Mm. But yeah, hasn't really kicked on at home. I just really like the Raiders this year. Mm. But again, like if you look at your halfback combination, your halves combination, you're very unlikely to have a um, strong enough combination to be sitting the likes of Nathan Cleary at his price and at his calibre. I disagree because I'd probably start Sean Johnson and uh, Caelan Ponga and Anthony Milford this weekend. All right, well, yeah, it's a brave call. And if I can uh, throw another spanner into the works, I also don't own Nathan Cleary. Jesus. So, and we wonder why you are sitting around about five to 6000 Well, according to you, I'm going to kill it because I don't own Turbo and I don't own Cleary. So we'll see where I'm sitting at the end of this week. <laughs> All right. What do we have next? Uh, Ryan Madison, we've said that he's uh, facing a positional shift to lock this weekend. And he's also coming against up against the Knights, who incredibly um, going have a look in the stats for points conceded to props and also front row and to uh, locks. They just look like they completely dominate clubs up the middle. And, and uh, those big boys don't seem to make, must make meters against them, but they're definitely not scoring super coach points. Mm. I mean, I know the Tigers aren't the Roosters, but uh, the Knights aren't the Roosters, I should say. But, I mean, like Takiaho strolling through last week, um, like that, that sort of looked good for Maddo. We saw what Maddo did to the Roosters as well um, in that bye week where he just went through about 1,700 of them to score. Like he's... Got form in the middle of the field, and I reckon the fact that he's now more of a ball magnet and a tackle magnet means his base suddenly gets lifted. And if if he can jag that odd attacking stat there, then he's sitting at 70-plus. So I really like it as an owner. I've got no trepidation about playing him. Uh, More than happy to. Last week, he just kept getting cut out, or they just weren't shifting the ball, so he's parked on an edge, got no action out there, no love, barely scraped 50. But this week, I really like his move to lock. Okay, so the next one, uh, we're going back to the Tigers versus the Knights. No Faluma and Masters for me are sits. Yeah, well, Masters, I don't think there's really any argument there. We've all seen um, the last couple of months, he's just been off the boil. He had a huge buy round, which was what owners sort of had him there for. But aside from that, he's not goal kicking anymore. He's not running the ball as often as he should. They're just cutting it out and going to Nofo who's killing it. So if I was a Masters owner, I'd be either selling him or just forgetting about him on the, the bench for the rest of the year, um, especially up, up against the Knights, as you mentioned, decently defensive out there. Nofo, though, is um, kind of like your Mike Acevo. So whenever the Tigers seem to score decent amount of points in a game, he's got his hands on a lot of them. So I like what he's been doing the last few weeks in terms of his runs. It's, it looks like the Nofo of old. So of the two there, Master's definitely a sit, but if you own a huge pod in Nofo, I'd be playing him. I mean, the Knights have only conceded 45 points per game on average to the right edge this year. So if I own both, I'd, I'm sitting both. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Kenny Malmalo versus uh, the Eels. So uh, I'm an owner. Um, I did make a call on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that said that um, that I think you need to basically play, uh, you need to effectively pay, play mm. um, Mel Marlowe every single game based on his base app, uh, output. But if you have a look at what the years have done, they've considered just 41 points to left wingers um, so far this season, which sees them ranked 11th overall for points conceded to that position. Um, but uh, not every left winger is Kenny Mel Mm. Yeah, and I think what he what he does from the back there in terms of the meters he makes, the runs he takes, um, his ability to break a tackle, and the fact that the Warriors love shifting the ball to him. And we're talking about the Eels here. Let's not go 
crazy with stats or anything like that. We, they're falling away, as I said, big time. And while it'll be a dry track, you've got the likes of RTS there that can roam. You've got Mamalo there who's refreshed after a, a couple of unfortunate weeks on the sideline with, with concussion. But I reckon he'll be raring to go and absolutely 100% in my side. So I'm not going to try and play cute. I just He's, a, he's up at that uh, top-tier centre wing position for a reason. Yeah, so I'm actually thinking, even though I've got him here as a sit based on the stats, he's probably a player that I'm going to be looking to start. Um, and that might be just forced forcing my hand depending on what I do with one or two of my trades. The last one that we're going to talk about is a popular player and a player that you own, JT. Mm. Um, Cameron McInnes versus the Rabbits. As a sit? I didn't even notice that in your run sheet there, mate. No, why would you sit him? He's been the Dragons' top point scorer for the last three games running. He's basically carrying that side. He's an 80-minute hooker who does not shirk his work in the slightest. He's been running from dummy half uh, up there with uh, the most frequent of any hooker in the game. Uh, He's been putting on some attacking stats. He's always got the ball in his hands close to the line. A lot of points have come through his hands. Uh, just recently, so absolutely no idea why he'd be sitting a guy um, that you can easily lock in for a 65-plus game if he plays the full 80. So South have conceded just 49 points per game to hookers all year. Um, McInnes has faced them already in round two for just 54 points, um, while I'm acknowledging that Souths are yet to face Cameron Smith, and of course they can't play Damien mm. Cook. So that it is could be a bit of an anomaly there, but I'm assuming that you have Damien Cook. Yep. So you're starting him. Mm-hmm. So Cameron McInnes is then competing for a reserve spot with a couple of other guns in your side. Yeah, but I mean this week we don't have Fafita to choose from, so he's out there. As I've said, I've got Morgan sitting on the sideline there. Well, but like... I just don't see why he'd be not playing this guy on the virtu- on the basis of those sort of stats. I mean, it's it's almost too much to read into because how many of those players were dual hooker rotations? Well, I, Jake I, Granville tore the Rabbitohs up in the first half last week. Jake Granville. I beg to differ, though, mm-hmm. because if you look at last week using an example, yeah, Katoni Staggs versus Ryan Madison versus Martin Tapau, um and the other one was Karen Murray. I remember when I posed that question to you, and you had the exact same response to that about Katoni Stacks. So, yes, I think you can read too much into stats, but the fact is he's already played and won, scored under 60. Um, it has to say something. Now, if he's your sole hooker, obviously you're going to play him, but it depends who you're going to be leaving out of your side. Mm. So who would you be leaving out of your side in favour of Cameron McInnes? Well, I mean, if I look at my bench now, Fafita, Morgan, Moylan, Sherry, Kerr, Gutherson, Eisenhuth, Earl. Maybe you're the wrong person to ask because your side is so bad. <clears throat> There's some quality bloody names there, mate. But in terms of who I would possibly select over McKinnis, out of those, it would be Sherry or Gutherson. Yeah. So I'm tossing up. Well, uh, Gutho, do definitely. I run the risk of another center wing flop from either of those guys or do I just lock in the 65 plus, as we've said, yep. we expect to get? So at the moment... You know, I should probably be throwing some Hail Marys, but, you know, if if you're willing to sit the likes of McInnes, maybe this is a stake bet that I I will claw my way back. No, I don't think... I I can see your points, and I think it's fair. All right, let's move on to the Twitter questions, and these are some of you that you've rounded up uh, late today. So let's run through these, and then we'll close out the podcast. So a couple we've already really touched on here, but uh, Sondo reads out that he's got three trades left, so running very low there, is Fafita or Tapao to Clemmer. A good trade. So I think to power to Clemmer. Um, I mentioned this one at the start. So I reckon 
given to power's a bit up and down and you're very inconsistent and Clemmer is just a model of consistency right now for the prices that they're they're at I think it's not as sideways as people might be expecting so to power is averaging like less than 50 minutes recently. He's, the offloads aren't there. He goes in patches. And last week he looked pretty uninterested. So I reckon Clem is on the climb. To power might be going the other way. So caveat that by saying you've only got three trades left. And is that a luxury given the injuries and suspensions that have just hit this game throughout the year? What do you reckon? Would you, I would do it absolutely if you had the like say five trades five six, yeah no question about it um, you're improving your side there but with three left it's a tough run home. yeah look I'm probably I'm, I wouldn't be starting to power this week against Storm the only player in my side I'm just looking at it now the only player in my side that I'd be I'm considering to make the trade to Clemmer is Kakao. Uh, it's just because he's missing the next two games, and then after that, he's got a relatively tough um, run. Well, I think. Um, whereas Tapao, I'm just struggling in depth in the front row forward, so I'd probably hold on to him. Okay. Next one we had was from Danny Stern. So, uh, sad story here. He sold Caelan Ponga in round 15, as a few people did when he got injured and was in origin. I don't think that's that much of a sad story, though. Well, you saw what he did last week. It just means now you've got to burn some trades. So he needs to get him back in. Um, who do you downgrade? His thoughts here were Tavanga, Crichton, or To'o. So out of that, there's clearly a, a name that sticks out like uh, dog's testicles, and that's Angus Crichton. So yep. what an absolute dud he's been this year. So yeah, if you've got him floating in there, at 450K, like he's just stinking off the He had bench. a couple of good weeks back-to-back, but he scored another poor 50 on the weekend. Yeah. There's rumours floating around that he's off to the Waratahs at the end of this season. Clearly unhappy at the Roosters. Yeah, and it's just something hasn't clicked there and he's off the bench um, sort of relying on him to score a try or something like that to, to bump his score up so if you've got him sitting there then absolutely no need to uh, to worry there just get him straight out uh, next one here we got I, I like these sort of questions so Mike Roke uh, writes in that he got into the top 250 last week with a huge 1400 plus can't decide now whether to play it safe and to stay where he is or to go the pod route and have a crack at something higher what would you do so for me, um, I don't think there's any difference really in finishing one hundred and first to a. There's thousand. no key rings this year. There's no key rings, but it's the the glory of that triple digit um, finish there. So if you look currently, yeah, you're out of the top four, mate. Top top thousand. So if you look, two hundred and fiftieth right now, sitting on twenty thousand four hundred and fifty five points. Top one hundred, you need twenty five seven four. So one hundred and twenty points, and that's nothing. And then if you look. The fall back to 1,000th, which is where you're sitting, is 20,200. So where Mike stands right now, he's got a 255-point gap on the uh, 1,000 and beyond. So I reckon that's all the more reason to start throwing some Go risks. for it. Absolutely go, go for, for it. it. If you're, you're like me, you want a Captain Michael Morgan in the closing rounds because no one else has him, then absolutely go there. You if you want to bring back Corey Allen if he comes in, absolutely you go there. You have lost the plot. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I don't think, like, the, it's not going to matter whether you, if you play it safe and you, you climb a few more spots, go hard. Get into that top 100. Des from the site is absolutely killing it. I don't reckon many are catching him. So, unfortunately, it looks like the 50K has sailed, but go for glory. Have a bit of fun. Agree. And if you you have a couple of dud weeks, then that's when you play it safe. But all money, go for it. Agree. Captain uh, tip for the week, JT? Uh, VCing my boy Tamalolo because we saw him practicing goal kicking in jest probably. But 
Uh, hard to go past him if he gets a try. He's looked so close the last few weeks. And without fail captaining James Tedesco. Yeah, look, I'll be looking at uh, probably uh, Sean Johnson or Tamalolo as the VC. And then, yeah, Teddy. Can't not uh, bring him in this weekend and trading a guy that's averaging a five-round average and then not put the captain on him. Absolute Hail Mary captain choice if you had to. Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, Anthony Milford. <laughs> um, no, just looking at my side now, um, players that I would... Um, uh, Clint Gutherson. Okay, fair enough. I mean, he's due a big game as an owner. I'm waiting for it. But mm. I don't know. I reckon just a guy like RTS... Um, dry track out there, um, free-flowing attacking sort of for, um, play from both sides. Um, if I still had him in there, I'd, if uh, sorry, I didn't have Tedesco, I'd definitely be looking at RTS this week. Okay, well, I think that just sums us up and finishes for another week. We've hit the 45-minute mark. We've actually kept it quite succinct. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening again. We really appreciate it. If you uh, do not subscribe, please do so. Also, leave some reviews. JT loves reviews. He loves feeling the warm feelings inside and all that other stuff. Yeah, Dang. a guy said that he only listens to the pod for my end of pod yeehaw. Well, and uh, with that... JT. Ha, ha ye, oh, sh- yee-haw. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> yee <Yeehaw. laughs>